What's up? This is Perry Noble, and thanks for downloading this edition of the podcast. You're about to listen to Francis Chan's message from the New Spring Leadership um, Conference that we just had. And one of the things I wrote down um, in this in this time period of us making three, five, ten, and twenty year strategic plans, Francis made this statement that blew me away. He said, "When I read the Bible, it seems perfectly normal to not know what happens next." And so, with that in mind. Here is Francis Chan at the New Spring Leadership Conference. Thank you. It has been an encouraging day, a real encouraging day. Um, I want to thank you, too. I know Judah thanked you, Perry, but uh, thank you especially for, uh, for scoring 790 on your SAT. I am serious. That may be the most encouraging thing I'll walk away with. (laughs) I'm serious about this. That was huge last night when you said that. It was like, oh, thank you. I don't feel so dumb. I don't. There were a lot of, no, seriously, there were a lot of circles I was walking in where I just felt like, wow, I'm just so dumb. And then last night when you said that, I was like, oh, that's great. I mean, even growing up, I think, you know, growing up as an Asian guy, it's like all my cousins, all my relatives, I would be the one that was mocked, right? It's like, ah, oh, you 3.8 GPA, haha, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Seriously. It's like, oh, you is Molon, you know, and I'm like. <laughs> so seriously, thanks, man. And it, it, it takes away, uh, it takes away excuses, that's what I love about you, too. You take away all excuses, you know? It's, it's just, um, I don't mean to pick on you. You know I'm kidding. Whatever. It's been great. I'll just keep going? Okay. Um, no, honestly, though, it is encouraging. And that's just from my heart. Because that's exactly the thing is, is um, I hope that encourages you. Because I am not joking about this. Because... The, the thing, we, we make excuses for ourselves, you know, and at the end of the day, I think I would say the same thing you would say is when we've had those three-year plans, when we thought we were wise enough to do this or that, it never works out. Bottom line is anything that great has gone in our lives has all been really not planned by us, just supernaturally handed to us by God. And, 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 and for us to boast in anything that, that any of us have done, there's just such a, a silliness in it. And I, and I love that the, the scripture says that God wants to use those who, uh, you, you know, he's not going to use the wisest, most intelligent, the richest, whatever. It's just, it's a person that has faith. I mean, that's the one thing. When, when you look at this crew of guys, you know, we had dinner last night, which was just an amazing time with all these speakers, you know, just, just talking about life. The one thing that you will see, I mean, because we are just from different walks of life, different ministries and everything else. But the one thing is there's just this, this faith that unified us of saying, you know what, I'm, I'm, I, I was just so encouraged because I go, you know, we're all so different. And we all have our insecurities. I've been in these different circles where I just leave and I just feel like, ah, oh, why don't I just give up? Why don't I just quit? I'll never be like this guy, this guy, this guy. And yet last night, just seeing how God's used us in different ways, totally different ways, totally different gifts. But the one thing I, I, I see in, in us was this faith of, you know what, I, I, I think God can do something great through me. It's, it's not because I'm great. It's not because I'm smarter than everyone else or a more gifted leader. Um, a, a 
passage, you know, I, my message has changed literally five times today, depending on who I was listening to. Go, oh, that was good. That was good. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. But after Judah's message, I mean, it just, uh, at the end of it, I, I was thinking about Jeremiah 9, verse 23, where it says, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me. That I'm the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. He, he says, you want to you brag about something? He goes, here's what I'd love to see you brag about. The fact that you know me and understand me. Because that, that, that's what this comes down to, really. I mean, when I look back at my life and anything that just kind of came together, whatever, it, it, God just hands it to you. It just happens supernaturally. And so, so afterwards, say, well, here's what I did, and then I did this, and then this worked. It just doesn't work. It's just about the fact that, that right, right now there's this God in heaven who's in control of everything right now. I mean, you know what I'm tempted to do? And I was tempted, of, you know, last night when I was thinking, what am I going to talk about? And it just keeps changing. But even, actually, a couple of days ago when I was thinking about, what am I going to talk about here? There, there was part of me that just really, really, really wanted to say, you know what? Why don't we just, why don't we just pray? Why don't we just take this whole session and just, just pray? Like, like, like really, really, but seriously, with total, absolute faith. Don't worry, I'm not going to do it. You know, some of you are like, oh, no, I want to hear a sermon. You, you know, but, but I did. I got on my knees, and I just started praying for all of you. I've been praying for you. Um, and I'm not going to say that's what I do before every, you know, conference. I, I don't. There's just some, the, the Lord's waking me up at 3 in the morning, and I would just pray for you, you guys that were going to be at this conference. For some reason, because... Because we're almost immune to sermons. That's something I've been noticing in our church culture over the last few years is a trend. Guys are preaching hard. They're laying out some truths. And everyone's amening them. But that doesn't mean anything's going to happen. Because we'll amen anything. You know, it's, it's almost like a, a, a badge of honor that, hey, I listen to this guy's podcast and he preaches hard. And, yeah, but what, what's really changed in your life? What's really happened supernaturally? And that's why Jesus didn't put a lot of stock in his sermons. He just would say something and go, you know what? He who has ears, let him hear. If you've got ears to hear, it's going gonna, it's gonna to produce fruit. There's going to be a crop. There's all of this. So, so I've just been spending more time just praying for you. And, and, and I mean, and, and when they ask, hey, what song do you want before you? I, I go, you know, how about that? that? There must be more than this. That's been like my theme for the last couple of years because... I'm reading this book. You know, you know, you read the this book cover to cover, and you see the way God works and these crazy things, and and it's not planned out. It's not the way we're pursuing something. That's why I love the way Judd was. Uh, this is Judd. Where is Judd? I was trying to find Judd. Judd's not listening to me. Who cares? I never liked him, but I love the way. Is he here? Oh, you're up there. Okay, hey Judd. All right, sorry. All right. Okay, okay. But I love the way, you know, Judd was talking about how, 
you, you know, at, at their church. And I love the humility of that. You know, oh yeah, I was coming down the ceiling. I was doing this and that. And I just realized everyone was distracted from Jesus. You know, they were, they were talking about how I did this or how I preached upside down or this. And I love just the honesty of going, okay, I tried this and I thought, that's not where we need to be right now. I mean, a lot of the reason why some of you guys know I, I've kind of uh, just t- left, I don't know how to say it. I, I just felt the Lord moving me away from Cornerstone Church after 16 years. One of the things that I brought up to the people, I go, one of my concerns for the church is I hear the words Francis Chan more than I hear the words Holy Spirit. And if we, if we keep going down this route, we're not going to... We're not going to experience those things. And I actually believe the church will be stronger. And, and maybe some of that pruning that, that Driscoll was talking about would take place when, well, we're not coming to hear this guy's speak, you know, but here's some godly men, you know, who are also teaching the word. Well, who's going to show up for that? And as we, as we push you into your neighborhoods to love one another, you know, love, love, love each other and to love your neighbor as yourself, is that going to attract you? And then we come together just to worship him. Is that good enough? Maybe some of that pruning needs to take place. But, but all of it, it's like, I just go, there, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. And the, the greatest things, the greatest things that have happened is it's, it's, it's about knowing God. It's about lifting his name up and boasting about, gosh, I know God. I know God. That's insane. I mean, I, I just, I, I, love, uh, I love Jesus. I really do. I really do. I know, I, I don't remember who's talking. I'm getting everyone mixed up now. Sorry. Uh, let me just slow down. Um, someone was talking today. Um, <laughs> just about, like, you know, the walk with the Lord and, and, and uh um, they all were. Okay, let me get to my point. I, I know some of you guys are struggling. You're struggling in your relationship with the Lord. I, you're struggling with a lot of things. I am really tight with Jesus right now. And I don't mean to say that as, haha, I'm not like you. Um, because I've gone through my different phases. But right now I am so in love with Jesus. I, I, I feel so close to him. And it's just one of those phases in my life probably because I'm not pastoring anymore. Um, I I just, (laughs) it has been wonderful, you know. But I, I, what I love is I love seeing things that I just know are Jesus. I I love, you know, it's like when Moses was saying, God, if you don't go with us, I don't want to be there. Because it's you, it's you, it's your presence that I long for. It's your presence that I love. That's why I just, I, I just want to pray and go, God, I just want you. I just want to see you, because I know what I can do, and I can manipulate things, and I can make these th- different things happen. But I love when it's you, and I want to see your power. And I know there's got to be more than this, more than just the planning or whatever. It's that supernatural power. I can get people to walk an aisle. I can get people to cry. I can get people to pray a prayer and receive Jesus into their heart. Without the Holy Spirit, just just talking, you know, and usually nothing real is happening. But 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 then there's those times, you know, when when someone's life literally turns around and you see the fruit, and they really do walk away from their sin and start, and they 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 make Jesus truly their Lord and walk in the Spirit. And you go, okay, I didn't do that. There's no way I could have pulled that off. And I just want to see more and more of that. I just want to know that God's presence is with me. I just want to boast because the greatest things in my life is just because the, God was there. Like, he's with me right now. I'm not, I'm not on my own on this stage right now. Uh, the Spirit of God is inside of my body. And that's just an awesome thought to me. It's an amazing thought to me. 
This isn't just a human being that you're looking at right now. Like, like, like God, the, the Holy Spirit inside of me. And every time he reminds me of his presence. Just, just last week or, or two weeks ago, I'm flying up to Seattle. I was flying to Seattle to speak at a, a pastor's thing. I don't know if you heard about it. No, I don't know. Were you there? You weren't there? You should have gone. But um, <laughs> I was going just speaking at a pastor's gathering in, in, uh, in Seattle. And uh, on the plane ride up, there was an empty seat next to me. And then there was a girl right there. I just kept thinking, I should talk to her, you know. I always think that when I'm on the plane. I just think, okay, I need to talk to her. I need to talk to her. Just kind of chickened out. And all sorts of thoughts in my head, right? You know, and I even prayed to go, God, give me the opportunity. It's got to be supernatural. You know, you've got to do something. There's no point in me just blabbing. You know, she's going to say, I'm just another cult member. I want to get through to her. You know, we did a little small talk or whatever. And I thought, ah, you know, I, I don't know how to start this conversation. Basically chickened out. And I get to the church, and I speak to a bunch of pastors, and, uh, and I spoke about courage. And the whole time, just kind of sick to my stomach, like, God, why am I even talking about this? I'm a loser, I'm a loser, I'm a loser. I'm done, do my deal, drive right back to the airport to get on the plane. I get on the plane. Guess who sits right next to me? Those of you who fly, you know, do you know how impossible that is? Just to be on the same flight. But, you know, as, I, as I'm getting in and she comes, you know, we just start laughing. And everyone around's like, what? I go, we sat next to each other on the way here. And everyone's like, no way, you guys are going to get married. And we're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not what this is about. And, uh, you know, and so it's just this crazy thing. I'm looking at her like, are you stalking me? You know, well, what's going on? You know, but we're, we talk. And I, I just, it was so cool to just go, you know what? Let me tell you what happened this morning because this is not a coincidence. I prayed for you. I didn't know you. I just felt like I was supposed to talk to you. And I was feeling so bad that I didn't talk to you today. All day I've been thinking that. You think it's a co- Because she's freaked out. She flies all the time too. And we're just going, this is literally impossible. And she goes, yeah, and I just changed my seat online. And I took a middle seat because I need to get to the front of the plane and everything else. And I go, let me just tell you, this is not about, this, this is bigger than us right now. Okay? This is something I prayed for. That, 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 you know, I said, God, give me this opportunity. And then I failed. And God, by his grace, gives me this opportunity. Find out she's got all these things going on in her life. You know, had ditched the Catholic Church and just questioned God, everything. And, and the thing I loved about it at the end, a couple things. One is, is, is she walks away knowing that it wasn't just some preacher sitting next to her, right? She knew. She has to know. God is after me. God is after me. It's, it's a God thing. And I walked away just going, God, your grace, your goodness to me. It's just, I just love knowing that you listen to me. And you know what's going on in my, you really hear my prayers. It's, 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 the, it's the good things. I love just knowing, I mean, all through my life, you know, people lately have been just questioning, well, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And I go, I just think the Lord's leading me this direction. And I'm just going to try this. I don't know if it's going to work. I, I just know that when God leads, I just try it, and I just see what happens, and, and it's been amazing things. I mean, amazing things, and I, I just love seeing the hand of God. I, I loved 
just, just even the little things, little things. Like one time I went golfing with a bunch of my friends and, and, uh, and they were all out driving me because they all bought these new drivers, those giant driver head things. And, you know, I had this little big Bertha thing and, uh, and I just hated it. I, I hated, you know, losing, you know. I, I mean, to me, that's the only competition. Who can hit it farther? I don't care how many strokes you got. It's just, it's, it's, it's that drive, and I, and I lost it. And, and I remember just going, you know, after that day going, okay, God, I'm going to go buy one of those drivers because I just want to keep up with them. And then in my head, I go, no, I'm not going to spend 700 bucks or whatever on a driver. That's lame. You know, like, like there's other things, you know, and people are in need or whatever else. And, and, and so that was it. The next morning after that compliment, I go to, uh, I go to speak at this church plant thing. It's a little church. And the guy, when he's done, when I'm done speaking, he goes, hey, we heard you have a reputation for like, sometimes you'll if it's a little church, you feel bad for them, so you won't take their honorariums. I mean, I'll take one from you guys, but, you know, but, but he, he just said, uh, I, he goes, I, I heard one. It's like a little church or whatever, you know, you just kind of hand it back. So that's what he says. So we decided not to give you an honorarium, and we bought you this driver. The next morning... And so all the way home, I, I'm just going, God, are you kidding me right now? I mean, I understand you're with me on all these big things, but the driver, that's, a, that's just over the top. And it's, it's just like, God, that's just the silliness. Like you, you just, that's, that's the stuff I like to brag about is I know God. Like I say stuff to him and he answers me. That's insane. God, like he cares about a driver. He cares about me not having the boldness to talk to the girl one seat away. He, he listens to that. So he says, yeah, that was a little difficult, huh, Francis? I'll put her right next to you. You know? You think you can handle that one? You, you know, it's like, God, you see, you, you see everything. And my, my life, I mean, isn't that what you love, though? Isn't it the supernatural? Isn't it when you go, okay, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I didn't make that happen. I mean, crazy things that have happened in my life these last couple of years that the Lord just said, you know, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. Crazy, crazy things. And yeah, we're in a, a new phase of life right now, as many of you have heard. And we're in a few weeks, we're heading off to Asia. And in fact, my wife, my wife is the stud of the family. My wife, she just goes, she goes, why don't we sell the house? Um, I go, before we leave for Asia? And I go, Serious? And she's like, yeah. She goes, if we know God doesn't have us here, I said, but then we're going to go to Asia. And she goes, well, you don't even know if we're coming back. You don't know where we're going to be. Let's just sell the house and not have a home. And just wherever the Lord leads us, we'll go. I'm like, all right, man. You know, and so we just sell our house. We're getting going. And, you know, we get all these comments like, oh, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. And my wife made a real interesting statement the other day. She said, she goes, Francis, I was reading the word of God. You know, everyone's questioning, like, why do this? Why, why are you guys doing that? And she goes, when I look at scripture, that she goes, it seems perfectly normal to not really know what's happening next. She goes, I mean, why are people having such a hard time? She goes, when I read the Bible... And I said, you're absolutely right. See, when people criticize you for these steps of faith or whatever else, like, oh, that doesn't make sense, or that's so radical or whatever, I mean, my response now is, okay, if you put my life story in Scripture, would it really look radical? 
Or would it look like, wow, that guy played it safe. Who's on the next page? You, you know, it's just, seriously, are we using the scriptures as the standard for our faith? Do we still believe? Do you still believe in great things? That's what I love, you know, of, of Perry and his faith and just going, you know what, I think we're going to get everyone in the city in one room. It's like, wow, that's awesome. That's so crazy, 790. That's awesome. You know, I love that. But it's that faith, you know. And, and, and for Judd, I, you know, when Judd was talking about just, you know, just Vegas, I don't know if your heart just leapt. You know, when he talks about the broken, I just go, oh, that's who I want to be. Or I told him, I go, man, I, it makes me want to move there and just be with these broken people and stop talking this religious talk with people who really aren't going to do it. You know, it's like I, I hunger for that. Let's, let's find those people that are really broken. And, and that, whole, uh, that whole thing with uh, the, the tension. And I do have a question, though. That Houdini illustration... Didn't he die? <laughs> I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he die? Did he, didn't he die trying to escape one of those situations? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, it, yeah, I know, I know. Whatever, but... What did you get on the SAT? <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But... Uh, Let me get back to my point. I don't even have a point. Um, here's a passage, though. Um, I'm sorry. I'm so scattered. I just, I'm all over the place. Philippians 1. Here is a passage I was thinking about for today. Can I just pray for us for a second? I've been praying for your courage. I've been praying for you to believe. I mean, really believe, like Bible, believe, like people of Scripture, believe. Because I feel like a lot of people will try to kill that and squash that. But man, I remember as a kid, because I too grew up going to, to church and hearing these stories, but I remember as a little kid, I would hear stories about David and Goliath. I'd hear stories about Daniel and the lion's den. And you remember, you, do you remember that at all as a kid walking out like, I can do anything with my God? I remember because I hear my kids say some of those things, my little ones. There's just a boldness, there's a courage. And I feel like it gets weaker and weaker and weaker. The older we get and the more people that start to tell us, no, it can't be like that. Well, that was during the time of Acts. That was David. That was Daniel. That was Moses. This is you. This is America. And in the last couple of years, I'm going, no, you know what? I don't believe that anymore. I don't believe that we're stuck this way, that we can't love each other like they did in the book of Acts because times were different. And so we're more individualistic. I'm like, that's garbage. Since when does the culture dictate to us how we live and how we love one another? And when people say, well, that was the miracles, then I'm going, no, I'm looking at the scriptures and it's, it's, it's all through it. 
I mean, God can do these supernatural. So I've been just praying that you would just believe because I know people are going to try to knock you down. Man, I felt it. Anytime I go, no, my God can do this. My God has done this. He's done so many great things in my life. I'm going to keep believing him. But it's a fight. It's a fight to believe biblically. It's a fight to believe my favorite verse in the Bible, James 5.17. Elijah was a man just like us. For me to go, you know what? Yeah, Elijah called down fire from heaven. And you know what? If I'm put in that situation, I could pull it off too. Because it's the same God. It really is. The exact same God. I mean, do you genuinely believe right now? Do you, are you at that point where you don't look at Moses as some superhero? Like, I could never attain to Moses and, and, and the intimacy he had with God. Do you really look at him like that? Do you really look at Abraham and everyone else and just go, wow, I'll never be like that? I think a lot of people look at the people in the Bible and just go, I will never be like that. And you just assume that you're going to be something less. But that's why that verse is in there. Elijah was a man with a nature exactly like ours. But he prayed. He prayed earnestly and he believed. Man, and I think some of these things, I don't think this is new stuff I'm bringing up to you. I think you have felt some of these things. You have known some of these things. You have read the scriptures and you go, I don't see why it's so different. And you say like I do, and like that song says, there must be more than this. I, I, I read this and I go, there's got to be more than this. And that's what I want to pray for. And that's what I just hunger for. And that's why I get on my knees in the middle of the night and I pray for you. I go, God, would you raise these people up to really believe this? Because I'm guessing some of these things have been going on in your head and some of these thoughts, maybe ever since you were a kid, that God could do anything. But people just keep squashing that, squashing that, squashing that. And it's a fight to keep believing. So let me just pray right now over you just for a couple minutes before I say anything else. Please believe in this prayer. Please believe that God is in heaven. Almighty, omnipotent, sovereign God sitting on his throne that can do anything. God, you know I did not want to just preach another sermon today. God, I look at the people in the Bible and they pray to you and this crazy stuff happens. Crazy stuff happens, God. You can do anything. I've seen it, Lord. I've seen it in your word. God, you go out fire from heaven. Everything else is a lack of faith in our part. Is it, is it a lack of, is it lack of commitment? Is it, is it our sin? Is it our pride? Is it, what is it, God? Show us because I want you. I want to experience you. Is it, is it all the comforts and all the things that I just love too much in the world and that I'm scared and I'm scared to just, just surrender to you? God, what is it, Lord? Because I just want to see you. I just want to experience you even more. So show us, God. Show us if there's things in our lives we, can't, we want to change, God, because there have been times, those times when we see you, those times when we experience you, God, are so good. And I just want to see more. I want to see more. 
God, I'm at a different conference every week. Seeing great conferences. I've heard great speakers. And nothing compares to seeing you move. Nothing compares to seeing and experiencing something that I know was of you. So that's just all I want anymore. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room that if they've lost some of that childlike faith, some of that courage and that boldness, and they've just resolved themselves to just working a job at a church, God, that you would change that. That you would draw them near to you. That they would fall in love with you. If they're boasting about anything else other than knowing you, I pray that you would change that. God, just help us love you, brother. Help us rejoice that our names are written in the book of life, not for any other reason. God, we just want to see people fall in love with you. I thank you for the messages we've heard today. Thank you for Mark Driscoll. God, I just thank you for creating him and just the way he just stands for your truth. I pray that he would continue to do that. Thank you for the boldness I feel being a part of this team. God, just even guide me for the however many minutes I have left, Father, that you would control my tongue and say things that are worthwhile, that matter. God, right now I'm just picturing you in heaven sitting above the vault of the earth all these angels screaming out your holiness you created this you spoke this world into existence you know how it ends and we're just asking for your grace that we would just get to see even more of you because I just believe a lot of what we've seen so far in our lives has been manufactured by us and is not supernatural And the few glimpses we've gotten of you are beautiful, and we want more of that. And just show us if there's things we need to change. Thank you for Judd that he saw, you know what, maybe things are distracting people from Jesus, and we're not lifting up his name. God, humble us. Even right now, God, I'm not even smart enough to know what to pray And I thank you that your Holy Spirit is interceding on behalf of us right now. Because you know what I'm trying to say. We love you, Jesus. You know the sin that's in this room, and yet you still called us. And you're using us. And we love you. Would you guys just... Would you look up at me for a second? I 
want you to think about something. Some of us are going to be looking at each other a hundred years from now. Like you're going to be looking at me a hundred years from now. Let that settle in your spirit for a moment. It is not about these next few years, minutes, whatever. It's about something eternal. And we're going to look back at some of these trials. We'll be talking, some of us, a hundred years from now, go remember that time, remember this, remember that. This is reality here. Two hundred years from now, a thousand years from now. Man, these, these biblical truths, I hope they just sink into you. And you go, okay, this is the real thing. And so we fight, we endure to the end. You know, like Mark was talking about the suffering you know, I love what it says in First Peter 4, I believe it's around 11-ish, where he says, uh, don't be surprised by these trials. When, uh, do not be surprised by the fiery trial that has come upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. So don't be surprised by it, like something weird's happening. Or, and and you've got to understand, again, the context of 1 Peter 4 is, is Emperor Nero again. The, the, that was when he was lighting the Christians on fire. And so when Peter writes, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal, I believe it's literal. I believe he's just saying, I know, you can look down the road and you can see those human torches that Nero was lighting in his garden using Christians, lighting them on fire to light up his garden. He goes, don't be surprised by that. Don't be freaked out by that as though something strange were happening. You thought this was going to be easy? I love those words. Don't look at that as though something strange were happening to you. Don't be surprised by this fiery ordeal as though something strange were happening to you. This is going to stink. I mean, following God, following Jesus, there will be times when it's just brutal. But we hold on because of the hope that we have. We hold on. You know, 1 Peter 5 talks about Satan coming after us. We know we've, we've got this, we've got an enemy. But, but the beautiful thing about it is, is at the end, we just humble yourselves, cast your anxieties on him, be sober-minded, the devil's coming after you. you know, resist him, verse 9 of 1 Peter 5. Firm in your faith, knowing the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you to him be dominion forever and ever. He says, once, you've, once we've made it through, that God, the God of all grace, will himself restore and strengthen and confirm and establish you. God himself, what, what is that going to look like? Okay, imagine dying and God himself restoring you. Not sending an angel to do nothing. I, I don't even know what that would look like for God himself to restore me and to strengthen me and to establish me. God Almighty going, that's my son Francis. Here he is. He's up here with me now. He suffered for a little while now. He, here he is. What, what in the world is that going to feel like when we look at one another in the eye 50 years from now, 100 years from now, and just go, man, this is insane that God of the universe is restoring me 
To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. It's, it's just the most beautiful thought. We've got to fight for that. I keep focusing on that. I had to turn to Philippians earlier, huh? I don't know why. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It incurred, it, did I already read that? No, I had to, I'm sorry. I am so ADD, it's ridiculous. And it keeps getting worse. I like it. <laughs> I think it's boring. Some of you guys think of one thing at a time. You know, uh, but Philippians, Philippians 1. <laughs> Philippians 1. You know, another one of my favorite moments was when Judah, when you're trying to quote that verse and you said the fruit just comes out of the tree or whatever. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> Philippians 1, 27. It says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you, that you're standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. Hear hear what he's saying there? He goes, okay, whether I come or not, here's what I want to hear about you guys right there, right there in Anderson. Right now, here's what God would love to see. He would love to see and love to see and know that we're striving side by side. That unity is huge. Okay, he wants, he wants to know that when you walk out of here, you're not like a lot of people in your congregation just checking off the list. Oh, I think this, this guy's message was, you know, uh, you know, about B+. This guy, oh, he should have done this better. No, 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 it's, it's just not about that. It's, it's about this room. Man, are you really my brother? I mean, do you pray for me? Because I pray for you. Okay, did you see this as this, this, you know, when Mark Driscoll was speaking, man, I was just praying for him the whole time, going, God, that's awesome. Keep that guy on the earth. You can kill some others, but him, I want him. Because, man, I, I want him on my side. I don't want to be against him. Okay, I, you know, last night, just, just with the other guys, it was like, you know what, I am so much bolder because I'm with this team of guys. You know what? And I see their faith. I see their courage. I see their different gifts. And, and when I'm around them, when I was around them last night, I go, okay, bring it on. Bring it on. We'll take on anyone. We'll, we'll take on anyone right now. Anyone. Uh, see, that's, he says, that's what I want to see. I want to see this bond between you where you're striving side by side together for the gospel. But then he says, and not frightened by anything by your opponents. And he says, this will be a sign to them of their destruction and of your salvation. What is going to be the sign? See, see, when we preach, when will people start believing that they're really going to hell? It says when we are not frightened in any way by our opponents. It's about a boldness. Boldness is huge. It's just this courage of, you know what? I'm united. I know what I believe. I've seen God work in my life. He's coming back. He's returning. I pray. He listens. Silly things, little things, to massive things, ridiculous things. I know there's a God. I know God listens to me. I don't know if you know that for you. I know God hears my prayers. Crazy prayers. I go over and over again. You know, not just these little things. I'm two years ago, two years ago. Okay, I had nothing. I had nothing. And I, I was even just, what am I even talking about? Oh, yeah, I'll tell you this one. Okay. I prayed to God. I go, God, you know, I wish these rich people in my church, you know, I wish they wouldn't just, you know, give a big 
donation, whatever, and feel like, oh, look at me. Like, why don't they live like the rest of us? Why do they just not care about their stuff and live like normal people and give everything away? You know? And, and, and I said, and if not, I go, God, why don't you raise up a new generation of rich people? You know, where they don't really care about their stuff. They'll live like ordinary people and give it to the people who are in need. I go, that, that seems more gospel-like to, to me. I said, God, so either change people's hearts or that, I just threw this out at him. I go, make me rich. I, I did. I said, I'll do it. I don't care about stuff. Make me rich. I mean, that was a ridiculous, silly prayer. I made over a million dollars last year. It's like over 10 times what I've ever made. In the biggest recession of my lifetime. It's just silliness. And I just look and I just go, I don't care. I don't need it. Just give it all away. You know, it's, that's my God. You know, and I hope, you under, I hope you're hearing me. This is not a health wealth, but God has made me rich. <laughs> you know, and look at all the stuff that I bought for myself. It's like, no, God, make me rich because I don't really care. Because I'm already rich in you and all this stuff. Give me a billion dollars. I don't, I don't want any of it. I'm already, I'm content. You know, there's, there's other people with need. But I, I say that just, just to go, you know what? I know God hears my prayers. I mean, we could sit here, I could have turned, spent my whole message just naming time after time where we go, okay, listen to this one, listen to this one, listen to this one. I know my God's coming through. He always has. And so when I gather with other men of God who sit down and talk about, oh yeah, my God, he's, he's done this, he's done this, he's done this. I walk away going, okay, yeah, 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 that's right. I, I need to be reminded. That's, that's all I want to do is remind you, you know what, our God hears us. You know, whether it's a silly thing about a plane or a silly thing about a golf club or just a crazy thing of make me rich, I'll give it away. It's just every little prayer he hears me. And so why would I ever be afraid? You know, that, that's what Joshua, Joshua, um, um, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Joshua said it. <laughs> God, I'm so sorry. I, I know what I'm trying to say. Uh, is it in Joshua? No, it's in Numbers. In Numbers. It's about Joshua. So don't, don't, it wasn't that off. In Numbers. I was reading this the other day. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 11, when the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me in spite of all the signs I've done among them? You know, it's, it's Joshua and Caleb. It's, it's when they came back. Remember, there were ten spies that said, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. So understand this. This is always going to be the odds against you. Everyone's going to tell you, there's no way. There's no way you can pull that off. There's no way you can do this. You know, okay, that was back then, and that was Moses. That was back then, and that was Jacob. Back, that, was, that, that was back then. That was Caleb. You, you, who do you think you are? That was Elijah. He was a prophet. And, and so you got these ten spies, and it says everyone's heart just melted. And God just looks at Moses and goes, man, how long are these people? What else do I need to show them? I look at my life and I'm just going, God, you've done so much. You've done so many things. What else do you need to show me? Every little prayer you hear. And now I'm just striving. And, and that's why in Philippians, he's saying, you know what? Here's what we got to do. We got to march side by side. 
I'm not saying that we don't talk to each other about our theology and, and, and straighten some of those things out as iron sharpens iron, but we keep our guns pointed the same way. You know, go, hey, you know what? I, I think you should do this different. Oh, yeah, you do. No, none of this. You know, it's just, let's just keep going side by side. He says, when we do that, and we're not frightened, it's like, man, look at this team I've got here. Look at these guys I'm with. Look at this, this circle. Look at the elders in my church. You know, we're, we're an army. And he says, when you're not frightened by anything, that's when the world's going to believe. That's why, man, Satan wants to take your courage away. He wants to take your belief away. He does, and he goes after us. And you start feeling these insecurities. Well, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And God's just saying, when's it ever been about you and what you can't do? You know, it's the same thing as when Moses goes, oh, I can't talk real well. And God says, who made your mouth? Shut up. I made your mouth. Don't tell me it doesn't work right. I made you exactly the way I wanted to. You're not, put, you're not being humble. You're being stupid. I made your mouth. So don't you tell me it doesn't work right. And say, God, you know what? My brain works perfectly fine, as well as it needs to. You know, I've got all the leadership gifts I need to have. Because the bottom line is, it's always been about you. You've always done these great things. Man, and, and why, why was that early church so powerful? They stood united and they were courageous. They were courageous. You know, you, you've got, you got Peter in, in prison in, in Acts chapter 4. Um... And I'll close with this. Oh, what time I have? Okay. It says, when, when they saw, you guys know that, Acts 4.13, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. What, what astonished them? It was the boldness of Peter and John. They go, these guys are common, uneducated men. Peter got a 790. I mean, but look at his boldness, right? They were surprised. I'm just going to keep bringing that up. Because it's been the most encouraging thing. But it's just this whole, it just goes, when, I, when he saw the boldness, well, what did the people recognize? See, if Satan can take away our courage and our boldness and we get freaked out by everything, the world's never going to believe. So this is not a small thing. And when, when Peter and John were bold, the people noticed that and go, okay, something's going on with them. Then they, they get released from prison. Remember, they're rejoicing and they're, they're standing firm. They're, they command them. That's right, when they command them, don't you ever preach the name of Jesus again. And what is Peter's response in all boldness? He goes, he says, hey, we can't speak. He, he goes, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you judge. But we cannot speak of what, we cannot... For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they further threatened them, they let them go. So, so here's Peter and John going, look, you tell me what's right. You, you, you think I should shut up because you told me to? And what if God told me to speak? Who should I listen to? Because I'm not going to shut up. I'm going to keep preaching. And the people just start threatening them. And they go, no, I'm not going to shut up. It was that boldness. But then what happens? They get released. They get released in the next verse, and they go back to their friends. And what do they do when they get together with their friends? They start praying. They get together with their friends. They start praying. What do they pray? Verse 29, it says, Now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of our holy servant, Jesus Christ. 
of your holy servant Jesus Christ. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So what happened in that room? Peter and John, who everyone's already shocked at how bold they are, they come back and go, come on, pray for us, because we've got to be even bolder. And when they're done praying, it says the Holy Spirit shows up, and the whole place just starts shaking. And then it says they walked out, and they preached with even greater boldness. And everyone walked out with even greater boldness. Man, when's the last time? Man, are, are people stunned by the boldness of the people in your church? Are they astonished? Could it be that we're not praying for each other about this boldness issue? The other shocking part of it was Ephesians 6. Paul says, pray for me that I would preach boldly like I ought. Paul is asking for boldness. Paul is asking the church. Do you know of anyone as bold as the Apostle Paul? And what's his prayer request? Just pray for me, man. I gotta, I gotta preach boldly. Peter and John just stood up to the authorities that were threatening their lives, and they're going, we're not going to shut up. And they get back to believers, pray for us, that we be even bolder. The world was already astonished by them. The world was astonished because here are common, uneducated men, and yet they were so bold. See, I want to be that. I want to be a believer. I want to be like Caleb. And then a great speech that he has in Joshua 14 where he says, man, I was there, you know, 40, ah, I got a minute 28. Okay, let me just, let me just read it, because I, I, let's, let's close with the words of, um, what's his face? <laughs> of uh, Caleb, um, Joshua, verse four, chapter 14. Um, think about this. He just says, uh, Verse 7, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought him word as it was on my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot is trodden shall be inheritance for you and your children forever, because you wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said these 45 years since the time the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now, behold, I am this day 85 years old, and I'm still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then, for war and for going and coming. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day, for you heard on that day how the Anakim were there with the fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. I love that. Here's an 85-year-old man, one of two people who believed out of all of Israel, and God says, fine, I'll just wipe them all out except for you two. Everyone else is going to die, and here he is, 85-year-old, testifying. Look, everyone, man, let me tell you about what happened 40 years ago. Everyone was like, no, God's not going to do it. God's not going to do it. And I go, shut up. God's going to do it, and he can do it. 
And here I am, I'm 85, and I still believe he's going to do it. So, so we need to go to war right now. Guess what? With my God, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to take this land because I said it was going to happen. Look, all through Scripture, there were always just a few individuals that said, no, I still believe. No, I believe that actually happened. I believe there was a Caleb. I really believe in Daniel. I really believe in David. I believe in Elijah. And I really believe that they were just people just like me. And I believe God's going to do something great in my life. And I, I'm not scared. I'm not scared of the future. Look, I don't, I don't even know where I'm going to live. Who cares? I've seen the hand of God work. And I thank God for a wife who says, you know what? Sell the house. Who cares? Why, why do we need a home? God will figure it out. That's so little. Look at the, what people in Scripture went through. I mean, are people trying to discourage you, take that courage away? Because once that's gone, your history. That's just it. You know, the world's going to start believing when we walk away unfrightened by our opponents. For you to know, you know what? Just for you to know, you've got a brother in me that I'm not going to back off of this thing. I don't care what happens. I love hearing these guys up here teaching and say, no, I'm not going to back down. I loved hearing Judd go, you know, I'm not going to back down. I'm not backing down. You know, Joshua, what did the Lord say to him? Just be strong and courageous. That's all I ask for you. Be strong and courageous. And then at the end of Joshua 1, the people say the same thing. They go, Joshua, we'll follow you just like we followed Moses. Just promise us one thing. You'll be strong and courageous. Look, that's all your people want from you. That's what God wants from you. And they may not follow. There may come a time when they just go, forget you, and the whole thing's pruned down to you. Remember, Joshua and Caleb stood alone. And I want to do that. That gives me a lot more boldness knowing that, you know what, there's others of you that you know that God's leading your church to a place that it has never been, and you know there must be more than this. And you may lose a lot of people. You could be rejected by a lot of people. But in your heart, you've always known, no, there's got to be more. This is, this, this is what God wants us to do. And so we lose it all. We lose it all. But at the end, you know what? We had our faith. And when the, when the Son of Man returns, what's he going to be looking for? Faith. And so that's my prayer for you, is I, I just want you all to keep believing. Yeah, just keep, keep believing. Like a little kid. Just keep believing. Elijah's got nothing on you. Who's Moses? Can even talk. You know? Joshua. Can, it's just all a bunch of people. But they saw the hand of their God move. And they believed in him all the way to the end. Let me pray for you one more time. God, protect us, Lord. Protect us from false doctrine. People saying that you don't work anymore. May we get together and encourage each other and just talk about the crazy things you do in our lives. And we get together and just give boldness to one another rather than discourage each other. You're a great God. Thank you for all these pastors you've used. Thank you. I really do thank you for Perry setting this whole thing up and the faith you've given him. Thank you for the boldness of Mark and the way he just stood for your word. He's not going to back off. I just love having him on our side. I thank you for Judd knowing that God, he's in what the world calls the most evil place on the planet. And he's standing for truth and preaching against sin. Thank you for that boldness. Thank you for the heritage that you put in Judah's life. Seven generations of preachers, Lord. And just the, the picture of a father and son that the, the world so rarely sees. God, thank you for all that we've learned. 
God, thank you most for knowing us and loving us and listening to these prayers. And I just pray for my brothers and sisters in this room that they really would walk out with boldness. God, I believe you hear me like they did in Acts 4. Please, God, make the church bold again, unfrightened. In Jesus' name, amen.